I'm Stephen Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. With me today is my good friend, McKellie Barra. McKellie, what is up? Wow. We had, like, the, the craziest weekend in Thunder history, probably. One of, <laughs> one of the craziest. Well, yeah. I don't know if, if it's the craziest. We had, like... We've had a lot of crazy long. times. <laughs> Yeah, they're fans of people that cover the team. Oh, and you know, we thought going into the summer that this would be, you know, a boring summer for the Thunder, and it looked like it was gonna be. Like they, they, they did the most boring thing in the world and signed Muscala and Alec Burks, and it's still a little unclear as to if those are still happening for sure. Um, I would guess that they would. I think it would be kind of weird if they didn't. Um, but I, I maybe think, they don't want to 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 do their, those deals now. I, I mean, if I'm the Thunder, I'm like, oh, okay, sorry guys. Like I'd I'd rather give those minutes to any of the young guys this year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if that is indeed the direction that they go. Like, but if if they're gonna, and we'll talk a lot about this. Like they, they have options. It seems like they're heading toward trading Russell Westbrook. And having a supercharged rebuild that, frankly, I I mean, you can, I just don't think it, it'll take that long, depending on what they get back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when you think about a rebuild, you think, oh man, they're going to be stuck in purgatory for forever. I mean, I just think Sam does a re- is going to do a rebuild the right way. Like you, when people talk about like teams like Phoenix and Orlando and all these teams. The reason that their like rebuilds haven't gone well is because they've done things like Orlando made the Serge Ibaka trade. Like they could still yeah. have Victor Oladipo. Like that could still be a thing for them, and they could be a much better team. But they got antsy, you know. And Phoenix, like they're just a just an absolute dumpster fire. And Minnesota, like they've made good draft picks, but they haven't been able to put the right pieces around those guys and haven't made great choices. And so, yeah. you know, I if you look at this NBA, a lot of it is who's your owner, who's your GM. Yeah. And those things matter more today than they ever have, except if you have the Los Angeles Lakers slapped on uh, the, the front of your building. Everybody else, it matters very, very much. You look at, I mean, Toronto just won the title. You know, Denver and Portland are are very much teams that matter in the Western Conference. They both have ownership groups that are good. Both have GMs that are good. Um, and Houston, like Houston right now, their their situation's rocky. Why? Because they got a new owner, and their owner yeah. is wacky. He's a he's a yeah. weird guy, and he wants to be involved, and he talks too much, and he talks to reporters, and it's you know that matters. And the Thunder as much crap as clay bennett's gotten over the years like clay bennett's a good owner like he oh yeah he's done what he's supposed to do he's he's quiet he's at every game he's involved behind the scenes but he lets sam do his thing and this this is honestly like sam's a master negotiator we've seen i think thunder fans have always had you know in the last especially in the last several years like expectations with trades that the thunder could make and it always was like oh that's too crazy and then he ends up doing it like kind of one-upping you know because if we if we set forth to like make paul george trades be like oh man like what could the thunder actually get for paul george yeah um i don't think i mean if somebody said yeah they'll get four unprotected picks and two pick swaps said, and like, a protected you are the weirdo <laughs> like that, that's unbelievable like I was recording an Italian podcast last night and I I, re, I had to rethink about the whole thing. And to be honest with you, like going to the season, we were not that excited about a season with PG uh, going back by November, uh, right. maybe, maybe later. Uh, the West was tougher. Uh, and yeah, probably 
if you think about January and February last year, you could see something that worked really, really well. And but that lasted like 90 days. The rest of this two year run was an up and down team with no consistency and with a 48 to 50 uh, wins um, as, as your win range. Yeah. And that is not exciting. Not exciting. It, it is better than going into a full tanking mode. Uh, and maybe having the chance to compete is better than don't have that. Uh, like that that's that's fair. But imagine like how how bad we would have been positioned if this trade doesn't doesn't go through and somehow either Russ or or PG has have a subpar season. Yeah. Like this I mean, was, I was like a 42. Was, yeah. Yeah, I was fully prepared to pick them to make to be the 7th or 8th seed in the West. Yeah. That's that was my mindset. I was, I was honestly afraid to say it. And you know, it's hard when you have Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Steven Adams and you're like God, like I don't know if we're better than Portland. Like I, and I know that we're not better than the Jazz. And like they have better star power than both those teams and you're like why why are we not better than them? <laughs> why are we not yeah. better than those teams? And I think some of it is just the general roster construction is a little clunky uh, too. I think that it's hard to put the correct team around Russell Westbrook. And what's funny yeah. is that like Gallinari is like a, a player that I think fits perfectly <laughs> next to yeah. Russell Westbrook. If you still have Paul George, um, not this team now, like this, this is not the team now, but if you had Gallo as your power forward and you had Paul George out on the wing, like, that's great. Like that's okay. Like you're, you've got something there. But now it's like, oh man, like Gallo, like he can play small forward, but you'd probably rather have him at the four. I don't know. It's this. I just don't think that that's what they're gonna do. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I think that Woj tweeting about and writing the story about Sam using Russ and Paul as leverage. And some people are like that's just a leverage play. Like I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I some think reports. That, I think reports. they may have done that. Yeah, some some there are like different reports in that. Yeah, someone said like Corinne said that it, it wasn't really on the table uh, the rust thing, um, and maybe it was not even discussed. Like I don't know that, and I was almost convinced that. The rust trade was going to happen after that, but then I I read the tweet that Voj sent like I think ten to twelve hours afterwards, uh, which said like Russ's um, Russ's agents are talking uh, about the future, including trades with, with Sam Presti, and that seemed the same tweet that he sent three seasons ago mm-hmm. uh, after KD left. That they sit they sat down and they discussed the future, including trades. So I don't know. I mean, um, you can view this as as follows: like you have an elite point guard. The value of such point guard on the market, for some reason, is not is not great. Um, the reason might be the 171 millions, um, and I will talk about this later. But let's say he has not the same value that can have on the court, and. And you have good players. Like you, you already have um, a good starting unit, not a great one, but a good one. Uh, Gallinari is a solid player. Shea is an interesting player that can play the one and the two. Um, he has size, so he can be your two guard with Russell Westbrook and has a decent um, shooting touch from outside. Not a great volume last year, so you, you have questions there, but. Sure. He can play. Uh, like having Russell Westbrook limits his minute clearly, but allows him to play in different situations. And in this, in today's league, you have uh, good teams that play two or three ball handler at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think your best chance is to like try to go under attacks and see what you have. You can either put Schroeder into the trade market, uh, sending him somewhere uh, and save like 10 to 12 millions by doing that. There are teams that can still um, make such trade and 
and give you back like less money than so it makes make, make things works uh, work so I think that you have a good team there um, maybe you're not uh, eight seed good but I think you can play for that and there is value in making the playoffs next year because if things go well for you 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 may have like a, a mini run uh, which helps it helps to give young players um, playoffs experience and you know, um, I just I just think it's that the battle for the West playoffs is going to be crazy because like so let's go through the teams that we think will be definitely they'll be in the playoffs Denver mm-hmm. yes Houston yes yes Clippers yes Lakers yes uh, Portland Yes. Utah. Yes. That's six teams. Yeah, I know. It's the, it's the, the battle for the eighth seed. Um, you have San Antonio. You have Sacramento yes. that's going to be better. You have yeah. New Orleans who's yeah. got a stacked roster. And like no one would be surprised if they made it. Um, You have Dallas. You have Golden State with Steph Curry that I haven't even mentioned. I yeah. mean, there's gonna be some heartbroken fan bases in the west and frankly if you're the thunder i don't know i know there's value making the playoffs i get it there's value in and you know trying to compete and you can do like teams have done this where you kind of do like this quasi rebuild but you stay competitive and like now the thunder have assets and they've got young players already it's so, like you could just kind of go for it, and if honestly, like if there's no trade market for Russell, if you can't get a good asset back, just keep him, you know, and you yeah. just you just not you don't run it back because you're not running it back, but you just stay competitive. Um, I mean, you could do that. That's a I think that's something you could do. I don't think that would be my preference mm-hmm. as somebody that's going to be watching this team, and also like. You have to ask yourself this question. It's a, it's a tough question to answer. Uh, but is Russell Westbrook necessarily the best player to have around the team for a rebuild? Uh, no, that is probably not the case, especially if you want to make your own pick, uh, picks count. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, I, I have the feeling that Russ's persona has been discussed in a very weird way um, for the last probably 10 years, but specifically the last 48 hours um, by saying that he doesn't make, um, there is no proof that he makes teammates better. There is no proof that he can be a good leader. Like, come on, guys. PG had the best season of his life playing with Russell Westbrook. And specifically because Russell Westbrook was giving him the best shot he could. Um, Oladipo changed the way he approached the game and a professional career by staying with Russ, uh, by learning how to play, how Russell Westbrook approaches uh, the day-to-day routine. Now on the court, if you want to look at team success and the amount of shots that player A has while playing with Westbrook, then you may have a point because Russ's style of play and uh, usage can be problematic. But last year, usage was not as problematic. The the fact that he wasn't making shots was the problem because we all expect from Russ to take 24 shots and the shots he was taking were good ones. The problem is he had like a very rough season shooting the ball. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the game, like... He was third team All NBA, like third team All NBA. He's a great player. No one, no one forced Zach Lowe to put Russ in his ballot. How, how come that three months later, the same guy has the worst contract in the league after after like a guy that torn his Achilles by by like walking into his own house, mm-hmm. like he put him there as the third the fifth best guard in the league. And now he's not, his max contract, which is basically a standard max, 
like a little bit higher than uh, the known bird ones and a little bit lower than the one that you can sign with bird rights, like perfectly in the middle. How how that is a awful contract that you cannot trade for and he's a cancer. Like you just put him in the third team all NBA. So I'm really confused. Like I think that trading Russ now might might be good in terms of having uh, a higher value from your pick. You do that, you trade Gallo, you have a really young core um, of guys that are 26 or younger, which is a good thing to have. You can make your own 2020 pick because you, there is no chance you make the playoffs without Russell Westbrook. But on the other end, you are sending Russ away for very low value. What if he has like the, the best, uh, what if he has like a better season? where he plays a better brand of basketball and he has still three years. Like, I don't know. What if this, this, this team works? What if they are the eighth seed and maybe you want to, you see growth in Jeremy Grant, in Shea and in Ferguson, in Diallo. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give Russ away for less um, commitment in the future. Like to to have like waiters, Olenek and stuff stuff like that. Or no, no, no. That's that's. I mean, that's not a. That's a terrible deal. Like you're, like yeah. you're talking Miami. Like you, there's no way. Like you've got to get two of these three, or you, you even you start with give me all three, and then maybe you accept two, and it's Winslow, Hero, and Adebayo. Yeah, but this is not what they are talking. Uh, the the market for us is they they are saying there there are still well yes you, you who is what, who are you what, talking what, about? Yeah, Sam Amick uh, wrote with Brad Dawson um, a piece for the Athletic where they were saying um, basically, and this was uh, Sam Amick's doing um, like other contracts, maybe not bad contracts, but short contracts of okay player. Zach Lowe said that probably his value is the same as um, John Wall, maybe with a with a lightly protected first uh, for Oklahoma City. Like, if this is the value, like the, you keep it's him. It's crazy. If, if that's if that's yeah. what you're talking about, then you keep him. But I just, again, I think Sam Presti is a master negotiator, and if Detroit gets in on this and Miami does and you you can you can leverage one team against another like Sam will get good players back so like if this so like there's a three team deal that you could do where you send Russell to Miami, Gordon goes to Dallas and you get back Justice Winslow and Tyler Hero and the Thunder save a killing you get back justice winslow and tyler hero Mm -hmm. and like that's a pretty good outcome for oklahoma city in terms of getting out of the tax getting a player like justice winslow who's on a nice contract 13 mil a year uh for the next three years Mm -hmm. and you get a first round pick in tyler hero basically and you get a, a crack at him uh, I don't know if if Dallas can still do it after uh, Delon Wright signing because they have like right fifteen a, for thirteen and a half. I saw a report saying that they were holding off on some on some signings so that they could get in on a be the third team in on trades. Yeah, maybe so because they have a trade exception. That's right. So they 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 can use that after they use the cap space. Uh, good call. Yeah. 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 And so I mean, I'm sure Miami would like to. Th- throw in a bad contract where they could, you know, if they could, but if you're the thunder, I mean, you don't have to take one back, you know? Oh, how dare you calling like Dion waiters, a bad contract. <laughs> and not Dion. I'm talking about like Myers Leonard or Olenek or somebody like that. Yeah. Like I, like just no, thank you. Like those. Yeah. I I, I like those guys if you're trying to compete, but I don't like those guys. And and you know if you're frankly if you're Miami, like those guys will help you if you have Russell Westbrook as your point guard. You know yeah. bigs that can stand at three point line and catch and shoot. 
And so, you know, I and I think that that Miami team is like that they're kind of good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's like, oh, they'll be great. You don't want to play Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler in the first round of the playoffs. You know, yeah. like that's a fun team. And then the Thunder, you get a chance for just a complete reset. You just give the team to Shea and figure out what kind of player he is. You have a secondary ball handler in Justice Winslow to start alongside him, who shot the ball really well from three last year. You can bring Hero off the bench. You know, you develop Ferguson and, and Shea and, and Diallo and, you know, figure out who you've got. I think you keep Steven Adams. I mean, if I'm the Thunder, like I – I talked about this on the Dream Team show. I keep Steven. Like, keep him around. Like, you're not going to yeah. find a better screen setter for a guy like Shea out there and yeah. a, a better culture setter. He can score around the basket. He's a great defender. You've got guys that are going to be playing the right way set. Shea is a good, <laughs> good defender. He's a guy that's got tremendous length for a point guard. He can shoot it. He can shoot in the mid-range. He can shoot the three. Although, like you said, his volume is really low. Um, yeah. But he also had really low shot totals, period, for that team because everybody took 10 shots for the Clippers last year. Yeah. And so you see what he can do. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you try to – and then, you know, you do what you can. Like, you f- flip Gallo to somebody for an asset – I don't know if you want to try to extend Jeremy Grant. I don't know if you want to try to trade Jeremy Grant because he's basically an expiring contract for the Thunder. Um, yeah. He's still young as well. Like he and Steven, like if that's your four and five moving forward and you just try to find a wing and try to get an all-star wing, um, like that's not a bad setup. It's it's not that dissimilar from what Utah did after Gordon Hayward was gone. Except yeah. for Utah didn't have like this treasure trove of assets right in front of them. They just were able to find Donovan Mitchell. And so like the Thunder could find their Donovan Mitchell. And they may have him in Shea already. Like we don't know. Like a lot of people think Shea's gonna be an all star. I haven't watched him enough and I can't claim to say that I <laughs> that I have seen it. But there's enough smart people that have said that, uh, to make you think that that could happen. And so uh, he's one of the only rookies to have a positive VORP. I'll tell you that. If that wow, it's, it's very exciting. How Kevin Pelton of you to saying that? It's very exciting. Very exciting stuff. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I it, if Miami says, yeah, we'll do Kelly Olynyk and um, Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> it's like, all right, no, <laughs> like, like don't, what? Don't. What are you saying? I mean, there's just no way. Yeah, but if, that's, but if that's you get justice, if you get Justice Winslow and Tyler Hero, like that's and you, you can, you know, have the flexibility moving forward, which mm-hmm. matters. Like flexibility for a team that is going for it, like it'd be nice to have that, but it doesn't matter. It matters a lot to a team that is rebuilding and trying to you know, bring in players for the future. Flexibility is massive. And that's one of the reasons why you'd want to trade Russell is to gain that flexibility. If you have his contract on the books, you don't have flexibility. Like, it's just not going to be a thing. Um, Yeah. And so, and then, like, what what do you do with Gallinari? What do you do with Dennis Schroeder? I think that you try to find landing spots for both those guys. Um and maybe you're in a position where you don't have to find a landing spot for Patterson because you don't want to give up an asset for a guy that's expiring already. And if you're yeah. under the tax, then like, who cares? You could even waive yeah. him if you wanted to and say, you know, thanks for your time, Patrick, you can go play for somebody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of suitors for, uh, I think Daniel Gallinari, one being, and I don't know if this will work in any, uh, in any fashion, but, the Spurs makes a lot of sense. The yeah. Rockets make make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, there are teams that could use Gallo. Uh, I think that the, the fit with the Spurs is amazing. Uh, they have the money to make it work. And they could very well give you uh, 
next year first round pick for him it will be um not a good not a very good pick but still a first rounder and there is the risk as we said that the San Antonio Spurs will not make uh the playoffs yeah. um, so something like that is in the um, is in the range of possible outcomes and i think that uh, a protected first is what you can get from Gallo um another thing about possible destinations and this is something that I, I really like the more I think about it the more this is probably uh, the preferred situation if you can if you can somehow trick the Cleveland Cavaliers into thinking that pairing Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook could put them into playoff contention and I think mm. it does actually oh it uh, does yeah yeah and like hear yourself you're really pumping <laughs> Cleveland into doing this trade. Okay, um, so if you do like J.R. Smith, Brandon Knight, and Darius Garland. Yeah. Knight, Knight contract stinks. Is 15 million. It is horrible. Uh, but you get back um, a scoring wing, or well, scoring point guard um, that can play, I think, very well with Shea. Because Shea is not a guy that will probably take 20, 21 shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not a real pull-up threat as of now. While Garland is not a good playmaker in terms of handling the pace, but he's a gunner. And I saw like a lot of games of the Clippers, not like all the season, but the pairing of Shea with a with a point guard who can create his own shot was the thing that worked for the Clippers. And so trying to recreate that with a guy like Garland would be, I think, a very good point to start uh, where you start your rebuild. And then, again, you, you try to, to move Schroeder, you try to move Gallo, and you have a very, very young and interesting team. Yeah, that is a super interesting one. And that's that's an owner <laughs> that you know wants to be they want to have a relevant team and yeah they'd make the that that's a good that's a good team in the east yeah i mean yeah. They, kevin love yeah russell yeah, westbrook they make the playoffs tristan thompson yeah. still on that team larry nance i mean they've got they've got some guys <laughs> You know? Yeah, it doesn't make too much sense with Colin Sexton, but Sexton is a bulldog that has shot the ball better than expected. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he could be the guy uh, that play alongside Russ and you start like Sexton, Russ, uh, Kevin Love, Nance, and I don't know, uh, some guy out of three. I don't know who, who can Osmond. they... Chetty. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. You don't like him. Mm. Wow. I, I used to like him, but then the first two, three years in the league really weren't that exciting. Huh. You can start Dylan Windler and make him shut the ball. Well, it's, it's not going to Oh, happen, I like Dylan Windler, yeah. Um, no, I mean, you can find a guy for cheap uh, in the... Um, like, you can find a guy to start there. You can, you can even sign Burke to the minimum. Yeah, Burks. Sure, yeah. And yeah, so, why not? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Because I mean, if I mean, what do you, what you don't? So you're saying you don't think that Shea is a a lead ball handling guard? Uh, no, I mean, what I'm saying is he's not a guy that will take twenty to twenty five shots a game. Like he's a different kind of point guard. It's not a guy. It's not a volume uh, shooter. I think is more a floor general who can take ten to fifteen shots and and be an elite defender and an elite uh, manipulator of the pace of the game. That is something where that I I see in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but not a guy that is a fluid and natural scorer. Yeah, uh, I don't know about comps uh, to give an idea of the player that I have in mind, but um, I think that uh, he, as of today, is not the guy that I envisioned shooting like seven trees off the dribble. While mm-hmm. Garland can take seven trees off the dribble tomorrow. Right. How many does he make? I don't know. Uh, does he play defense? Probably not. But uh, he is a Lou Williams type. 
player, uh, maybe with a better ceiling than Lou Williams. Um, surely a different floor because Lou Williams is an awesome um, NBA player with a great career. But Garland can be that type of player. He is a microwave scorer with unlimited range. And those players tend to work well, uh, especially if you can pair them um, with guys that can move the ball quickly, that can make decisions, that can defend for them, and that can be a secondary ball handler with the, when the first um, set play doesn't work and you have to really attack in a half-court setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think if you're the Thunder and you are and you have Billy Donovan as your coach, I think there's part of me that just feels like that Miami deal is a little bit better and better mm-hmm. for like setting a new culture, setting a new way of playing. Because Winslow can shoot it. Hero can shoot it. Um, Shea can shoot it. Jeremy can shoot it. And then you have Steven that's going to set killer screens for everybody. And none of those guys are going to take 20 shots a game, you know, at least today. And maybe somebody develops, you know, into that guy. Or maybe they draft that guy or find that guy. Because you want to have that guy. You want to go to score. You know, I don't know if, if one of those guys develops into that guy. But I think... And this is something, and and we can talk about the Billy and Paul George stuff here in just a second too. Um, but I think we'll kind of get to see like the kind of coach that Billy Donovan really is, because I think I, I think it's hard to to coach the team that they've had the past few years, yeah. and I don't think Billy's done a great job, but I do think Billy's a good coach, yeah. and I think that. A team that had um, Shea and Justice Winslow and Steven and Jeremy and Terrence Ferguson and Baisley and guys like that, Diallo, I think you do a great job. <laughs> I think people are like, oh, well, this team is really fun. Like they're not, they're not winning a whole lot of games, but man, does this team have a ton of potential? And they're really athletic and they're really fun and they we have they can we've got a lot of shooters on the floor and. Um, I think that I think that we would see a, a good team and a good brand of basketball too, starting to develop in Oklahoma City and be like, people would be like, oh wow, like this, like pace and space in Oklahoma City. You know, I think that that yeah. would exist, and you'd have a lot of sharing of the basketball. And you know, when you have Russell Westbrook, that's just not going to be the case. And for the better part of a decade, that's not what you wanted. You know, that's not. That's not how you should have operated because you have a guy in Russell Westbrook that can create everything for you and yeah. create an incredibly efficient offense and one that gives the the defense on their heels. Uh, but we have seen a slowed down version of Russell and it changes a little bit and a version of Russell where teams last year just didn't guard him. And yep. hopefully things change for Russ. I, I don't want to see him end his career with people sagging eight feet off of him because that's just not that much fun. Um, and I hope yeah. he shoots the ball better or figures out a, a way around that. Uh, but the truth is, like, that was a huge part of why things slowed down. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I agree that having something different you know because it's something more um that you can that you can put your your fingerprints on if you're a coach is something that we didn't see in okc over the past 10 years uh this is just a reality like after the first tough uh tough-minded defensive oriented team that scott brooks created out of um the young trio it has been just that team in different iteration. And it's not true that Bill's team played the same way because this is not uh, really true. I mean, OKC had different looks. Um, they played the ball. Uh, they moved the ball a little bit better with Billy Donovan. But in the end, if Russ could give you an open shot with two dribbles, it's not It's not that you have to really work <laughs> to... to um, 
to make things different. Uh, and so, yeah, there is value in having a point guard that can play a different system and guys that can play uh, as the coach says. And yeah, it's it's tricky to to move Russ and Schroeder in the same offseason and maybe Gallinari because you are talking about uh, roughly 73 millions right. to move. And it's not, it's like, yeah, yeah maybe you can move Gallo by, I did, by, by Gallo and Russ, but move Schroeder as well when no one has space. It's it's going to be hard. And so if you are now talking about a shooter-led team, because there's no way he doesn't start, uh, and if he doesn't start, it, you have uh, a problematic uh, thing to start the season because I'm sure that he will be mad at not starting and having a guy like Shea starting over him. It's one thing to be Russell's sidekick and that closes game, it's another thing to have Shea Gilgis Alexander that plays in front of you. And I, th- I don't think that bonds well with uh, with Dennis' personality. So you're really talking about uh, starting Dennis and having Shea coming off the bench or starting um, Shea and, uh, and Dennis. And that is not um, what you want to do probably. Or maybe Dennis improves. He's 26. He's not that old. Right. Like he can he can improve. He really improved his three point shooting. And there was a version of OKC without Russell Westbrook in the early part of the season that was fun to watch. Like that unit with Steven, um Ferguson, Grant, um, PG and Schroeder really worked for a couple of games. Granted, it was against particularly bad teams, but they were moving the ball and it was kind of fun to watch. So maybe Dennis is another guy that you can um, improve his trade value. Because, I mean, Rozier just got 19 per season, something like that. And I I would argue that Schroeder is a better player at that figure. Yeah. Uh, I think Dennis is gone. I think I think you deal him. I, I mean, we just, we saw it. Like, the reason the Thunder were able to acquire him is because a team that had a young point guard wanted to hand the keys over to to him and Trey Young. Yeah. And to me, if I'm the Thunder, I don't want Shea as the backup. Like, <laughs> I want him playing yeah. now. Like, he was good last year, you know, and even stepped up his game in the playoffs and shot the ball better in the playoffs and up to scoring average in the playoffs. Like, that's, that's the guy that I want. Um, yeah. I think we know the kind of player Dennis Schroeder is. He's a good player. I think he can help a team, uh, but frankly, I, I would like to see him help another team. You know, and, and <laughs> yeah, not there, it's it's not easy. Uh, I, I try to wrap my head around. I need to go grab easy. my uh, computer charger because I left it in my living room. Will you talk? Just just go. Just know that I'm not going to be on for just a second. Yeah. Um, so let's discuss this. Let's discuss possible uh, landing spots for Danny Schroeder. I think that. With the current state of um, Minnesota's roster, there is a decent chance that you can work out a trade where you get a shorter um, salary back, um, like Schroeder has uh, a longer commitment um, to deal with because the deal runs um, another full season after this one. Whereas maybe Jeff Teague's one is is a little bit shorter and you can tell yourself that you can you can try to work a deal that way and having a different um, a different look at it and maybe you can you can tell a guy like uh, like Teague who is in in the wrong side of uh, of his career like he is declining you can tell him well you're coming here you'll play off the bench you'll play probably with Shea out of minutes but the keys are his, and and maybe you do Patrick Patterson and Danny Schroeder for Jeff Teague, and this is not a horrible deal. Uh, maybe you trade, then then you you work out a buyout with Teague if he wants to chase a ring. Um, you can you can already pre-agree with him that this is the way it's going to go. Like 
you'll play with us if you play well and you are a good present for our uh, young core, then you we will agree um, to a buyout with you uh, as soon as um, uh, a very good chance for you happens because I think that Jeff T can, can be useful um, at the minimum or something just above that for, for a contender. And if OKC can save extra money while having um, a reasonably good point guard as your backup and, user, and as your culture set there, um, you can even think of doing that deal uh, that I discussed if Russ stays uh, because you want to give Shea more minutes and having Teague who can really shoot the basketball, uh, although he cannot do anything else uh, besides that, um, work well with um, with a Russell Westbrook-led team. Um, there are a few other uh, probably places where, where you can put uh, Dennis Schroeder, maybe Orlando, but Orlando uh, really value length mm. over... Uh, over other stuff and so it's tricky even if they really need a point guard and they had the shortest point guard in the in the game probably DJ Augustine uh, <laughs> you can try to work out to trade with them and 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 putting like maybe they will be okay in giving up uh, even Fournier and Fournier like maybe you have to attach something like Diallo and Schroeder for Fournier I don't particularly like that deal. I don't know how much uh, they value even Fournier in, in Orlando. But yeah, I mean, Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, yes, if they want to do that, I think as since you're trying to rebuild maybe Folds and I don't know, some, some kind of contract. Uh, well, they don't have anything. So you really have to well, do... Folds and Augustine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they believe in shooter and they want to do that, sure, you do it. You probably take on a little bit of salary and and that that, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Again, uh, I don't know if you if you heard that the first deal that posed, which is Patterson and and Schroeder to Minnesota for uh, for Teague. Uh, I think that Teague is, is down in Minnesota and they get a clean look at a young point guard that he oh, fits. Man. Poor Jeff Teague. He just gets run out of town by Dennis Schroeder in two cities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that 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 is funny. Uh, and he's probably going to I mean I mean that deal makes sense. They yeah. don't want Teague Teague can play with you for six months and so this is just play. a this is just a salary dump basically. Yeah Pro it's a salary thing. dump. Uh you can you can dump Shooter and Patterson to Minnesota, and money works straight up. Um, and you don't have to add anything. You you move him, uh, and you have a guy that can shoot, that can play backup point guard for you. And you can say to him, "Well, if something good happens for you, and you want to buy buy out, we are v- very likely to to work out with that for you in in February." Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, now, now I can't stop getting, thinking about Markel Fultz. Yeah. Oh, man. He's probably no. not going to play. Um, but he sure would be interesting to acquire. Well, I just read, uh, I'm, I have my Twitter feed open, and I read a tweet that says that Orlando is very happy on where he's at. Oh, okay. And that probably means not on the court and somewhere uh, way far away from the team. I don't know. <laughs> uh, We're happy that he's in trade talks. That's where yeah, he's at. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, to make like Thunder fans very happy about their draft pick, it seems that I don't, I'm not seeing the game. I'm not watching the game, but it seems that Brandon Clark is having an insane summer league game. see. <laughs> Oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Both him and Cabangeli are shooting trees, uh, having like 15, around 15 points and playing great basketball, apparently. But we have Baisley and we'll probably watch him play in the next 48 hours. Yeah, I'd guess he'd play in the next game. People have been asking me. I don't know. Like, I don't I don't have any info on that. But they signed him. They're, he's He'll play. He's in Vegas. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd be I'd be shocked if he if he didn't play. 
So, yeah, Brandon Clark, 17 points, four boards, and assists. A three. He He's a three. He's 100 yeah. percent from three. Great. <laughs> oh, I forget they have Grayson Allen now in Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. Yeah, Kevin Gailey, two of two from three. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, Marco Fultz' nickname is Quick Wash. Well, it was not a quick wash in, in Philadelphia, I can tell you that. Maybe it was. He's quickly washed out of the league. <laughs> that's a terrible, that's a really sad nickname for him. Yeah. Every, everything surrounding Markel Fultz is pretty sad. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, oh, okay. So yesterday, Paul George put out an Instagram post thanking the Thunder, Russell Westbrook, Clay Bennett, Sam Presti, uh, the fans, everything. It was very nice. It was like every like if Kevin Durant did something like that, we could be like, okay, like we that's it's fine. Like that's that's at least he said something. And then Russell Westbrook commented below, and it was all you know, cute, warm, fuzzy, whatever. But some people decided to take that moment and say, well, I'm just sure I didn't hear him say anything about Billy Donovan. Must have hated <laughs> Billy Donovan like I do. You know? And I don't know if that was calculated or was what. This a, was this a very trammel impression? Oh, I don't know. Was it good if it was? <laughs> yeah, it was great, actually. Oh, good. Um, you know, I don't know. Like, I just... I've never heard about a problem between Paul and Billy. I've only heard, seen respect between the two. Um, I don't think that there was a rift between them. And I'm sure that Billy was a part of the pitch to get Paul back here. And I've, I've never, I know everybody just does not like Billy Donovan and that you would like to find something that says that players don't like him either. I've just never heard or seen that. I know that, you know, Kevin said he can't win with these cats. I know that you can say that, I mean, and people want to pass around blame. Like this is like, it's the blame game time. Like who's, whose fault is it that we got to the end here and the Thunder go 11 years. They've got, you know, four future Hall of Famer, five really if you count Mello, future Hall of Famers that have been on the roster and you come away with no championships. Like, whose fault is it? Like, is it Sam Presti's fault? He's, he's got to be to blame, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's Kevin Durant's fault because he left. That's, I mean, that, to me, that's the guy that you blame the most. Um, I think Kevin Durant and Patrick Beverly are the people that you blame the most for not having a championship on this roster because uh, Patrick, Patrick Beverly doesn't do what he did to, to Russell at that timeout. You know, they may have won the title that year. If Kevin doesn't yeah. leave, I'm pretty confident they would have won a title in the last three years with the roster they're going to be able to put together. So I think that's who you blame uh, the success of the last few years. I think that Billy deserves some blame. Sure. I don't think they did a good job, you know, after Robertson went down. I think they did. I think the coaching staff did not do a good job of recovering. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to go as far, like, Billy's a good basketball coach. Billy is going to be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And I think that Sam Presti would like to have him as the coach for this rebuilding roster, much to the chagrin of a lot of Thunder fans. Uh, but I think he'll do a good job, and I think it'll be up to Billy whether or not he wants to stick around. And if yeah. he wants to stick around, I think that they have a good coach in place for a rebuild. And yeah. so I, I, to back to my original point, I don't think that it was calculated by Paul, and I've never heard of any ill will between Paul and Billy Donovan. So that's that. No, no, and and you cannot put blame um, on Billy uh, too much after after this season. I mean, you can say that he was not good in the playoffs. But again, when you have your best player injured and you go like two crazy shots of Damian Lillard to making a series with the with team that, that made it to the Western Conference Finals, are you that bad? Again, without your best player offensively, 
that was playing for you because like Paul George was was really bad both hands was quite bad not really bad um, but was not himself and on the other end like Dame had the series of his life um, I don't know if you can really blame him too much he didn't react as fast uh, and when you lose you you tend to to nitpick whatever the coach does um, like we blame Nick Nurse for calling a timeout in game five. Like we really blame him and there's no reason for that. Maybe that was the good call because if you don't call it like Kyle Lowry dies on the floor because he's too tired or he has uh, issues. Like, I don't know. I mean, we tend to be very harsh to coach that, that, that lose and uh, very, very, um, I don't know, not so critics about critic about guys that, that, that win a lot, which is which maybe maybe true. Um or maybe a good thing to do. I don't know. I mean, I remember me thinking about Nick Nurse being an average coach during the first part of the season because Toronto was not playing a good brand of basketball. It was Kawhi Ball. Yep. Um I don't know. I mean one thing I, I, I know about Billy Donovan, he he's a smart coach. He he really cares about player development. And you have if you have to rebuild a team and you already have a competent coach in rebuilding, you hold on to that. Is he the best technician? No. But you can get good technician in your staff if you build a good program. Now, no one wants to stay for the last year of Bill Donovan with a, an epic star. And if you, if you want to, to, to get a, a solid job, as everyone does... Um, you don't go in such situation. But if now the the Thunder have good assets, have a different kind of team, and they give stability, like I wouldn't be surprised if Russ leaves and Sam extends a bit of Donald for a couple of years. Now this yeah. becomes a solid situation, and you can get into your staff guys that are good and that maybe have a different offensive mind compared to the one of Billy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't have to do everything by yourself. No one does it in your staff. And we, we blamed like the coaching staff. Uh, Griffin was um, like, he, he went away uh, because he wanted to be a bigger part of the coaching staff and he won a title. So was he bad? No. Was he bad in OKC? Yes. It, yeah. it happens. Like it's, I don't know. I would not be so hard on Billy Donovan. I actually like him being around young players that want to develop. Yeah, I agree. I think that you've had several players improve. I think Steven, I think his body's broken down, but I think he's become a better basketball player under mm-hmm. Billy Donovan. I think that mm-hmm. there's obvious growth from Jeremy Grant over yeah. the past few years. I think Terrence Ferguson, the same. And if you know a guy that can help players that are younger reach a certain potential that we didn't even know was there, I think you want to have him around for guys like Baisley, you know, yeah. and for Hamadou. Yeah. And so anyways, there's lots of there's lots of Billy hate out there and he deserves some of it, surely. And but yes. the blame there's a lot of blame to go around and all this stuff, but you know, to me, all of this was coming. Yep. In the next two years, it was going to happen. And, you know, we may look back in five years and be like, man, Paul George screwed the thunder. <laughs> you know, like none of these young guys work out and Shay's just kind of average and all, you know, all these things. It could, that could, the worst could happen, sure. Yeah. But I think that Paul is has done them somewhat of a favor because if you get to the end of these two years, I don't think the Thunder winning the title this next year or the year after. You get mm-hmm. you get done with this run. You go to the playoffs. Maybe you make the second round. Maybe you don't. You, you could have four first-round exits. like That could be a possibility. Or you go to the second yeah. round once. And then Paul walks. Yeah. And what are you left with? You have in the last... Five years, you've had Kevin Durant walk for nothing, and you've had Paul George walk for nothing, and then you have a 34-year-old Russell Westbrook that still has a couple years left on his deal. I mean, you were headed for a very 
long and painful rebuild. Yeah. And you may not have your 2020 pick. You may not have your 2022 pick. Who knows like what the roster looks like if they've traded Steven. Like, you just don't know. And they would have had to do some cost-saving moves. What do those look like? They're going to look a lot different now than they would have. Mm-hmm. But now you get like this kind of supercharged rebuild. When people talk about like this deal, the Thunder could not turn this deal down. It's because it sets them up with a tremendous amount of assets moving forward. You get a point guard that was good in his rookie season that started a tremendous amount of games for a playoff team that took the Golden State Warriors to six games. Um, you get Gallinari, who is a great value on an expiring deal that you can flip him and get you know a young player or a, a pick for him you know for sure and so like you're you're dealing for almost like seven first round picks you know yeah like you just can't that you can't get that kind of value and that's why people are saying that because like this this allows the thunder the, the flexibility moving forward to build and sam this is what sam does best and yeah. that's why ultimately i just think the debt the destiny of this team is to let russell westbrook go i think south beach makes the most sense for russ i think that makes the most sense for the thunder with some of the young guys that they have uh, if it's olenic no thank you <laughs> if it's myers leonard no thank you um, but if you can get justice winslow and tyler hero those are like the two guys that i look at and maybe you even say hey miami we will give you back your 2021 pick if you will give us your 2022 pick or your 2023 pick, you know? Yeah. And yeah. instead. And yeah. they might be like, okay, great, because we could use that, you know? Um, yeah. And so maybe because you are technically hurting the value of that pick by adding yes. talent to their team, you kick the can down the road further with them and say, we'll take your assets down the road. Yeah. You know, because Miami, when Russell and Jimmy are done, could be real, real bad. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they could be. They could and, be. And so you want to you you don't want that. You don't want those picks while they're good. You want to have their twenty twenty three, twenty four picks if you can. And so and, there's there's opportunities there for the Heat to kind of gain back some some assets for today while dealing young players and assets for later on. Yeah, and I know that it's late and you have to go, but let me just say something about assets. Like assets are your uh, stock portfolio. You don't need to let them expire to to make use of them. Like it's not that you have to draft seven players with those uh, seven first round picks or whatever, like it's five plus Gallo plus uh, whatever you can get back for, um, for us. Mm -hmm. And like, you can, you can give them away before if the right deals come into place. Like you don't have to, um, to see what kind of draft asset, uh, is going to, uh, to come out of that. Like the 2021 of Miami has been used already twice. Right. Um, maybe it was a rush thing to to use it. Maybe it was a good thing to use it. I, I don't know. Um, like you have a very good portfolio, the best portfolio you can have. And maybe it's not the best uh, next season because Anthony Davis decides to leave. And I don't know. Like it's it's tricky. Uh, and but the value is not just the player that comes out of the draft pick. The, the value is having those draft picks. Um, uh, Br- the Brooklyn pick, the famous Brooklyn pick, was worth Kyrie Irving. And on the other side, they got Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. What's best? I mean, but at the time, at that time, when the trade went on, and for the next, like, I don't know, two, three weeks, when Jeremy Lin um, injured himself, the value of that pick was insane. Like, mm-hmm. it was a number one pick, probably. And then Brooklyn had a good season. Same thing with the Toronto pick that... Um, OKC acquired from Houston that was thought as the best pick in the draft. And then it was Steven Adams. Great, um, but not awesome. And it was a good job by by Houston to use it because Sam clearly thought that that was uh, the premier asset of that trade. And so, yeah, you can work with picks even 
like way in advance of their or when they when they they come through. Yeah, and like people people want to talk about Bradley Beal only in the context of having Russell Westbrook, but Bradley Beal's twenty five. You know, yeah, like Bradley Beal's yeah, you younger than younger than Buddy Heald. If you deal Westbrook and you get back, like that could be your go to score. You know, yeah. If you've got yeah. Justice Winslow and you've got Shea and you've got Jeremy and you've got Steven and you add Bradley Beal as your go-to score, like that's a good team. And you have yeah, Terrence Ferguson team. and young guys coming off the bench and like that's that's a that's a good team. And then you still have first round picks. Like you could say, we'll give you two of those unprotected picks plus that, that's that's not gonna cut it. Well, no, plus like whatever else. Like you give him Terrence Ferguson, you can give him Baisley, you know, and, you know, if those guys turn into a little bit more and say, well, and you can have, we'll we'll take back Bradley Beal. Yeah. I mean, like that could be your guy. Like, so it adds flexibility to do lots of different things. And that's where if you have cap space or if you're under the tax, that's where when you're a team that is rebuilding, that's where you want the flexibility. That's why you want the draft assets. It's not necessarily because you think that all of those are going to be the number one pick. But right right yeah. now, like 2026, like nobody knows. Like that pick has a ton of value because nobody knows. And you may deal it and it could become the number one pick. You could deal it. It could be the 20th pick. You just don't know. But yeah. you want to have those so that you can be opportunistic. And if you can't use those opportunities, then you use them as draft picks. And like that's that's why you want them. You're totally right. I think I think sometimes people some people have taken the stance of, well, the Clippers are awesome. Like why would you want their picks? Well how long are they going to be awesome? We don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. Nobody knows. Like just just a few years ago you'd be like, why would anybody want Golden State's future picks? You know, now it's like, yeah. well, I don't know. Like, yeah, this, maybe this so. Next year's yeah. pick might be actually like a decent pick. Who knows? Yes. So, yes. Anyhow, McKelly, um, anything else? I feel like there's just the amount of content. I, I just don't know that we can keep up. And that's why we have another show on Wednesday, another one on Friday. We'll have uh, emergency podcasts um, as needed because I, just this team is just not done. They're not done. Nope. Um, and I guess we can go real quick through. Just give me yes or no if if you think this player is on the team at training camp. Um, let's let's start with at the bottom. Uh, Deontay Burton. Yes. Uh, Hamadou Diallo. Yes. Abdul Nader. No. Oh, why? Because I hate him. Because. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, you have too much, too many young players. You don't want to to have another one that you already gave gave him a, like a big chance to uh, to shine, and it wasn't very good. And his problems are, I think, structural problems. Like his feet are problematic. He cannot play defense. He can shoot it okay, but it doesn't do much else for you. Yeah. And you don't want to to have a roster spot. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I wish they would have waved him on Friday. Oh yeah, that guaranteed it's passed. Oh yeah. Well, maybe. Well, have you seen Abdul Nader playing meaningful minutes in the playoffs? This is a good asset to trade in um, <laughs> as part of the package, <laughs> <laughs> along with Russell Westbrook to That's Miami. That I don't, I didn't remember about the the day. Well, maybe then it's a yes. It's yeah. a sad yes. Uh, Mascala. I hope not. Golly, I hope they just, they don't complete the trade. Yeah, please, just the, don't, the, the don't sign them. Just be like, oh, paper, paperwork's in the mail. Must have gotten lost, man. Sorry. <laughs> Guess he could go play well, for somebody else. I, I think that both him and Burks are are going to reconsider. There are they they, they wanted to sign for. Defender and OKC. Well, I, I I don't think they will sign, but maybe so. Okay. If they sign, clearly they are uh, in training camp roster. Yeah, uh, even if it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nerlens. Yes. Yeah, his deal is done. Uh, Terrence Ferguson. Yes. Yeah. Alexander. Yes. 
Yes. Um, Patterson? Uh, no. Okay. Jeremy? Yes. Okay. I think there's a chance they deal Jeremy. Just, I just think there's a chance they do it. Yeah, there is a chance. You can get a pick for him, like a good pick. Yeah. Uh, Dre? Uh, I will go no. Okay. Schroeder? Yes. Gallo? Yes. Steven? Yes. Russell? Yes. <gasps> I will go. I, I'm going that route. Okay. Um, I decided that that is what I'm going down with. Okay. I don't think Russell will be on the team. Yeah. Well, it's but it's more 50-50 than 70. Well, maybe it's 70-30. Something like that. Yeah. I think it's closer maybe to 70-30, maybe even higher that Russell's gone. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fascinating summer in Thunderland. And I just keep tweeting this. Things could be worse. <laughs> things could could be a lot worse for this Thunder team, which is not the exact phrase that you want to hear about your NBA franchise. But yeah. I think this rebuild... There will be some fun times with this rebuild. I think there's going to be a lot of action this summer surrounding the Oklahoma City Thunder. So stay tuned. Thanks for listening. If you're a new listener, I know we had a lot of new listeners on our last show. If you're, I'm sure we had some people hate listening to, to a Thunder podcast. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would enjoy doing that. Uh, if you're still doing that, welcome. Hope you stick around. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, if you get a chance to do that, that would mean a lot to us. Uh, follow Michele on Twitter at Mikey Barra. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs>